Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, everybody? This is another episode of Jaybird Watching, or Jay's Jam, as we have infiltrated. Finally, we have infiltrated Jaybird Watching uh, with Craig Borden. Things full circle. Yes, Craig <laughs> Borden is with us and uh, in our special guest seat. Uh, as I like to say, the most interesting man in the world, the one, the only, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Weston Grove. Weston, good to hear you from you, man. Us. Yeah. Craig, how's it going with you? Going good, but I'm wondering how he uh, gets that handle and doesn't have a dosakes in hand. Um, <laughs> let me just tell you, I have some stories about this man. I'm and drinking a he, thick German lager, but that's not dosak. <laughs> he puts to shame anything that that dosakis man would ever, ever have on him. So let's just so he's say more like Matthew McConaughey <clears throat> in a uh, car commercial. Then got it. <laughs> Just a bit. Just well, a, just if Dosakis was willing to pay for the the sponsorship here, I'd be all over that. Don't get me wrong. My beer <laughs> yeah. will, will remain nameless, though. I'll make sure I shout out to our friends at Fansite and be like, "Hey, we got a perfect plot for you for uh, pitching uh, Dosakis on a show." There you go. There you go. Well, it was the trade, or is I guess trade deadline day. Uh, it has come and gone. Um, Okay, let's break it down one by one, and then we'll kind of get a whole uh, a whole feel of what uh, what our opinions are of this. Because I'm sure there's going to be some strong ones either way. Um, we'll see where it goes. So first and foremost, it seemed well. Let's start with the days leading in, and kind of this morning, Craig. Um, nothing happening. Nothing happening. You're seeing guys. Luis Castillo goes to the Mariners that the Yankees are making moves. And then they're even talking about clearing out guys like Joey Gallo, who's obviously struggled this year, but they're talking about making room and like, eventually they, they make more room by getting rid of Jordan Montgomery. Um, how does, how, how did it feel coming into about the noon hour today? Let's say um, with nothing happening. Can we shift this thing into gear for the love of God? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of in that ballpark right now. It's like we were in the burned out Dodge Neon. We were trying to trade up, but the engine blew out right before we traded it out, you know? Pretty well. <laughs> so Pretty well. you couldn't really do anything with it. It's just okay. We were stuck in neutral. Can't get going. And you were watching literally everybody go by you at that point. And I think that was the part that I think that stung the most about the train deadline. We were just sitting on the sidelines and watched everybody around us get better, including the wildcard teams around us. So mm-hmm. not that we didn't do anything horrible. We, the problem was everybody else did that much better. This was status quo all day, right? Yeah. Uh, Weston, where were you on and just sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting? Yeah, it was a long day. Um, it was a long day full of not a lot of anything. It was, it was you know, I, I, we put as people that follow this team and, and invest our emotional and, and spare time and energy into this. Um, we didn't get a lot of return today, unfortunately. I, I was like similar to Craig. I, I share some of those sentiments like it was super disheartening to see how well the rest of like the American League teams that were in the hunt at least did. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, the National League just kind of like rocked this trade deadline in a lot of ways. Um, but 
the only American League teams that seemed to do anything were the Yankees, the Mariners, the Twins did really well. The Astros filled a couple of holes that they needed. And I think the Rays actually made a sneaky great move in picking up David Peralta, which actually probably would have been a great fit on the Jays, like a, a utility outfielder with high slugging percentage hits from the left side. I, it, I don't know. And, and the Jays just kind of, I mean, I'll, I'll let you throw the, the questions around. I don't want to get into the specifics of how we did and, and what we did yet, but um, it, it was very underwhelming. Though we we come into this afternoon and the news breaks, I, I can't remember who officially broke it, um, but Anthony Bass and Zach Pop come over to the Blue Jays for Jordan Groshans. Um, on the, we knew that the Blue Jays needed swing and miss, and we knew that they needed relievers in a terrible, terrible way. Um, are these two enough? Are they enough? I'll throw that to whoever wants to take this first. To that point, I'm going to go, I guess. And <laughs> I think it's right now, it's just, oh, God, you know, I, I will agree that Anthony Bass has gotten better, I think, this year than when we saw him last in 2020. But this is a guy, remember, that was our closer because Romano couldn't stay healthy and uh, we never had got really Ken Giles in 2020. And <laughs> there's a bunch of things going on in that bullpen. Um, so getting him back and watching him see the swing and must their miss that he's been, I was looking at his baseball savant page because somebody retweeted it out earlier. And the fact that he's actually like, like I said, really good <laughs> all of a sudden i don't know what's going on it's got like a 1.3 mm-hmm. era looks really good and then you get pop with that nice to bring another mm-hmm. canadian back home to uh play on this team he was looking very forward to that during his interview that when they caught him before he while well, he's packing his bags right mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh wes where are you on what maybe we'll say more specifically zach pop if if you know anything terribly substantial about him because personally um, I, I don't so yeah, no, no. I, I like real quick on Anthony Bass. Um, th- real quick on that whole trade in general. I think Chris, you like teed it up perfectly. The the bullpen was looking for swing and miss, and I don't think we got it even a little bit. Like Anthony yeah. Bass, we all remember how or what he was like here in Toronto, and he was decent. He he wasn't a bona fide closer on a championship baseball team though, or even a playoff baseball team. Are you kidding me? Um, and and yeah. even that first year that he went to Miami, the, the guy threw like a stink show for a living. It's just like, like Craig, you said it perfectly. For whatever reason, this year in Miami, and, and don't get me wrong, he's facing good offenses. Like the the NL East is, is pretty decent this year, right? He's a lot of good hitters. But for whatever reason, it's just clicking for him. Coming back to the AL East and like facing this Yankees team that's just bananas good right now, facing Houston in a playoff series, it... And so that's that's my thoughts on Bass real quick. But on on Pop, like a Canadian kid, love to see that. Obviously rooting for for the hometown guy. I think he's from Brampton. Um, yeah, but um, again, not not a swing and miss guy. He's he's got 14 strikeouts and 20 innings pitched. Um, you know, like to me, it seems like we upgraded on Richards slightly, right? Um, like Bass, is he better than Jimmy Garcia? No, I don't think so. So best case scenario, he's a seventh inning guy, maybe a sixth inning guy. Like that, that's not a game changer for for really what this team kind of came into needing, especially because our bullpen's been as weak as it has, and it's a Romano injury away from completely falling apart. And Bass isn't going to save that. You know, <laughs> Jimmy Garcia is not going to save that. Yeah. Like. Amaze uh, isn't what he was last year. No, like no. Rasiel Iglesias might have saved that with a with a buttload of money attached. Don't get me wrong. There's there's mm-hmm. parts to everything. Like there's pluses d- to that. Though, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. D- David Robertson might have saved a bit of that too, right? Like I, I just it, it's the Jordan Romano show now, and and there's no depth behind that, unfortunately. Yeah. To that point, the Phillies got everybody I wanted. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, Robinson, Thor, and um, honestly, I didn't know Brandon Marsh was available. That would have been a nice little yep. cherry on top for this trade deadline for the Blue Jays, especially if Springer is struggling away health-wise. So he is. How about Lopez out of Baltimore as well? Um, yep, Twins, right? <laughs> twin, the Twins, I think, had a very sneaky uh, good deadline. Um, coming back to the Anthony Bass thing really quick. Do you feel, when you were kind of listing off some of the players, correct, do you feel better 
about Anthony Bass than Adam Simber? Not so much Simber, but I you got to see him live the other day, Chris. And uh, I believe you said you right while he was getting his bullpen in, you know, he was just not even hitting the plate in the bullpen. He was barely hitting the plate in the bullpen and was even more wild in warm up on the yeah. mound. And then when he got on the mound, it was only a, you know, skosh better. <laughs> so, um, honestly, the thing that makes me happier about this trade with Bass is to what Wes was just saying with uh, you're not going to see as many innings out of Trevor Richards. And he is really scaring me. I don't know what's going on with him or if it's finally just the, you know, something's worn off to the point where he's not is he he's not he was never much he's been much better since coming back from his injury though correct i will give him that but there was there was something wrong in that equation there for him for a little bit there Mm -hmm. if he's finally figured that next piece out great but um that's what putting the work does for you but knowing that i don't have to worry about him or even the fact that we you know i know they brought gauge back up for tonight's game but that's just until the guys get here um you're not going to see innings out of him or who was the the guy we walked? Oh, Banda. Or we let Banda. him DFA'd him today. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but you're not guys. getting innings out of those guys. You're getting mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of guys that are in that ballpark of Simber Richards now eating up all those innings. They're all the same guy though. Exactly. Like, Bass is the same guy. Like, and 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 Zach Pop is even let like not quite that guy yet. Like it just, I don't know. It's just kind of a same same thing. We got a bunch of like middle of the rotation guys that middle of the bullpen type of guys rather that just great <laughs> you know but to that like, point we couldn't need up innings the two three weeks yeah, ago so right, if right. That, that's how they're gonna make up the aggregate is get a bunch of the same guy great <laughs> but it, i do feel like we got with pop i honestly i'm gonna put on the level with simber because i feel like you know all outside the sidearm delivery i feel like they're the same pitcher well, but, to me, Simber's like the Randall Gritchick of of pitching, right? He can carry a bullpen for a month, and that's it, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's but, look how many innings he has this year. It's freaking yeah. nuts, you know. They they've been mm-hmm. using him, and I, I honestly felt like he was the guy that Montoya was leaning on the most. So maybe that's because he had to. But <laughs> there is a lot of that. There is a lot of that. Um, now Zach Pop comes with another four years of control and that seemed to be a little bit of a selling point on him Wes you're already shaking your head because I know (laughs) probably what you're going to say about that I'm not sure if I'm sold on that because relievers flake out within a matter of weeks let alone months or years weeks can turn a reliever completely upside down from what like look at I hate even mentioning the name Aroldis Chapman, but he was on top of the world not that long ago, and look how fast it just spiraled out of control for him, yeah. literally and figuratively. Um, He's starting to look a little bit better, and that's just the Yankees' luck that he'll finally well, find it again for the end of the that, season. And that's the thing, is relievers uh, are so volatile. Like, look at Aaron Loop. Aaron Loop yeah. was a serviceable reliever. With the with the Blue Jays, and there's a lot At of Blue Jays. <laughs> there's generous. a lot of Blue Jays. There's a lot of Blue Jays fans that would disagree with that, especially he, when I saw him as a Bison. Oh my God! He, I never thought he'd make it to the majors again. <laughs> he, he played a role on this team, and he got some big outs for this team, and then he fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. He goes to Tampa, and now he's one of the best relievers in the league. Um, goes out, does the damn thing again in New York. Uh, goes and gets a massive contract in L.A., and if I remember off the top of my head, he's falling off the face of the earth again. So, Well, this it, is my – sorry to interject real quick, Chris. Like, this, this is my biggest like um, uh, gripe with this whole uh, bass and, and pop trade in particular. It's – I'm really starting to question like whether or not Atkins can – like effectively evaluate bullpen arms like look at the history of of how our bullpen's been over the last several years last year they they went out early they got trevor richards they went out early they got adam simber and those two guys seem to like help right the ship a little bit mind you healthy romano went the the longest way in that um but beyond romano like jimmy garcia's been hit and miss Right, like overall, he's I think been decent. Overall, has been good. Just you, you, you know, you, I made the Jason Frazier comment with him a few weeks ago. But that's it's the like thing, riding though. a roller coaster. That's the thing. Like, 
there, there's zero consistency here. And, and the Kirby Yates fiasco of, of, you know, years past. And like, you just look at how weak this bullpen's been coupled with the fact that somehow this is the only team in baseball that hasn't been able to develop any minor league, like relievers that throw high heat. Like, how is that a thing? You look at Baltimore, you look at like the Jays weren't good in 2017, 2018. Like they didn't get high or they did get high draft picks rather like, and we have zero guys in the minors that can throw heat besides Pearson. Like, unfortunately, um, but he's still another year or so away. He's but that's, ways away, that, yeah. that's what I'm saying about this whole trade in general, right? Like it just really, it, it just puts a lot of pressure on Romano and a lot of pressure on Jimmy Garcia now. And if one of those two guys go down again, like, ugh, I don't know. So, do you think, do you think at all um, that this front office, and we don't know exactly what happened. Of course um, not. And we likely never will. Um, do you think that they're banking at all that Nate Pearson or Julian Merriweather might be back and be effective? I believe the rumor with Pearson's timeline was the end of this month. I so now you would even you'd hope he makes the play, but the, and that is being generous, I believe. But they were talking about that actually on MLB Network earlier today too and the target date was you know basically the end of this month now recall if he doesn't get on this team before september 2nd i believe because of the you know when the rosters expand and stuff he isn't playoff eligible so it doesn't matter if he helps us get there or not you're not going to have that you know smoke coming out of the bullpen in the playoffs because he didn't make the roster he ends up being Um, that 26th 27th guy on the expanded roster you know i don't know if that's a thing anymore with the uh, waiver Maybe. deadline. Maybe. Because that's, that was something that was that's in the last all, that was CBA. All but yeah. s- okay. smoke's one thing, but can the guy throw strikes? Like we've seen him throw strikes in what, like three games in the majors that he's ever pitched. Other than that, he just hasn't been able to put it over the plate. Jordan Merriweather, exact same thing. Yeah, sure. The guy can throw hard. We've seen him yeah. pitch like three decent games in his entire life. And the rest is complete garbage. Like are these guys that we actually sure they can throw hard, I guess. But do we actually it's just like, a wild card? Yeah. It's just like throwing exactly a wild it. card and you're getting Zach Pop out of this and you're hoping for the best with him. Are they He's been doing good this guys? year. And Vanthony Bass has been doing this good this year, but does moving them from Miami away from their comfort zone mm-hmm. to here in Toronto. Throw the wrench in their seasons too. Who knows? I think Bass will be okay because he at least knows most of the guys in this line. Schneider was in the locker and locker room and whatnot in 2020 as well. So there's some continuity there. I think it'll be okay, but I don't know. It's crazy. And not so enough. We'll go on to the, yeah. So, so we'll move on to the other side of this trade um, with the outgoing piece being Jordan Groshans. Um Jordan Groshans not having a good year this year. Um, I believe is in Buffalo. Um, how do we feel? feel about the team giving up somebody who I don't want to say that Jordan Groshans was put on a high pedestal and kind of touted as being a giant piece of this team's future but there were definitely conversations around this kid and if you're even a casual fan you know that you probably know his name um somewhere in this organization um so how how do we feel about Jordan Groshans going i don't think i'm gonna miss it i really don't i've been i've been i've had the pleasure of watching him for his whole my early career so far and there's a lot of good mixed in with a lot of bad and Mm -hmm. he's been this so just to put you into perspective the one thing he was doing at the beginning of this season he was doing a good job of getting rbis and that's since dried up so he's been 250 with 24 rbis and he's been in 67 games with the buffalo bisons and only two home runs, I think, this year? One. One. Which okay. is the part that of his game that they were hoping would develop and take him to the next level. That hasn't happened. So if you were able to trade whatever prospect capital you have left for those two bullpen arms, I'm okay with it. Wes? I, I think I'm in the same boat with Craig here. Like, you know, I just spent the last 20 minutes sort of shitting on this trade. But <laughs> the reality is... 
is like that's <laughs> that's it, right? Like I, I'm not upset we got rid of Groshans at all. Um, I, I, I'm upset that they didn't do more than this. Like I I, I did not expect Groshans to get more than this. That's for sure. I think this is an adequate return for him. Um, you know, I, this is a guy that that has continually been. And, and Craig, you you've seen him. You know the guy, the profile, all of these things much better. And just kind of hearing what you had to say was was very eye opening as well. Like I think RBIs is probably one of the most deceiving stats in baseball too, right? Like RBIs is just is just luck and randomness. I think at the end of the day, you you hit well. There's a guy on base. Great. Like there's there's a skill to that, right? Like there's absolutely a skill to that. But at the end of the day. It's so, there's so many random factors that play into that, whether it's the defensive lineups, who throws what, errors, how fast your base runners are, how great your third base coach is at, at pulling those guys around. Like, yeah, so I, I, I don't miss I don't miss Groshans at all. Um, you know, I, after all of these years of talking about what we could get for him, what we could get for him, I think this was a good return. Um, so I, I, yeah, that's for I him guess. alone. I think, yeah, it's fine. I yeah. think a lot and of that's the thing were, I was surprised we got facing not... the fact that he would go in a bigger package mm-hmm. and that bar- apparently that bigger package was not there. <laughs> so you had to get something mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking that are to that point being blue Jays fans. We tend to overvalue a lot of our prospects and I'll give you 100%. a case in point. The fact that Daniel Norris never went anywhere <laughs> and he's still living in a band mm-hmm. as a millionaire, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but, um, it, this is why you have prospects because you're hoping for that. And the, the, the Marlins are in a better position to be able to run with this idea of giving Jordan Groshans a chance to develop. And maybe that change of scenery is what wakes his bat up and lets him become that left side of the diamond piece that you're, any major league team would want. He's got all the tools. They've never come in together in any form of consistency since he's gotten above, you know, single A, maybe a fraction of the time he was in double A. Um, like I said, I really wanted the kid to work out, but I think he's going to have eventually a major league season. It's just not going to be with the Blue Jays, and I was surprised it even took this long. And that's just it. Like he, had, out. he has the physical attributes um, to be like a dominant, like hot corner guy. Um, for whatever reason, it wasn't happening here. Best of luck to him, right? It, it's the same. Chris, I remember when you, you and I, like we were both so high on Anthony Alford forever. Right. And seeing him go at the right, like seeing, but he was another guy where it's just like, oh, this guy has all of the skills and all of the tools, but it just can't click. And so you hope, you hope he does well wherever he goes. But at the end of the day, it wasn't here. So, um, good return for that, I guess, if that's the question where I do think he's going to find a way to click in major league baseball. It's just, he's got to find that next piece to get consistent and actually, like you said, not just get lucky and be a clutch guy to get in RBIs. I do think he is a starter on a regular everyday team. It's just not, I don't see that happening in the next two years. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on now to probably the lesser of the deals um, with the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, around what, about five o'clock or so that this broke. <laughs> Um, two seconds before the deadline, we got both of them. <laughs> yeah. So Mitch White comes over from the Dodgers for, uh, along with Alex DeJesus for Nick Frasso and Moises Brito. Uh, we hardly knew you. Uh, um, <laughs> so just looking at the profile here, Mitch White's 27 and has been up and down quite a bit. 22% strikeout rate, 3.58 ERA uh, over his career. Decent ground ball rate. Um, doesn't walk a lot of guys, so I guess that's a good thing. Um, probably back of the rotation type of guy. Could be a swingman. Could be the new Ross Rippling. I'm going to say maybe is, is kind of the idea. Um, where are we at with Mitch White? Wes, we'll start with you. Um, I actually didn't. I, I didn't mind this trade. I think it. Like if we're lo- if we're Looking at what the Jays really needed at this trade deadline, uh, a starter was definitely part of it, but I, I don't think it was a front-end starter because you, you, let's project to a playoff series. You're not throwing much more in terms of the starting rotation other than the top three guys in our rotation out there, right? Like, you're relying on Gosman. You're relying on Manoa. You're relying on Barrios. And maybe Kikuchi gets the odd start, and Stripling is sort of your long man out of the pen. Um, which is great. So I, th- I think picking up Mitch White 
which by all accounts, again, obviously I'm not a huge Dodgers fan. I haven't seen him pitch. I don't know too much about him, but from what I've read and from what I've heard other analysts say and stuff, um, he's kind of like a stripling 2.0, a 7.5 K per nine. Again, not a high swing and miss guy, but a guy that has decent velocity and that can go like a little deep. So I think that's kind of a, a perfect little addition. Um, it's interesting that you, like you said, like with Frasso and Brito, like see you later. We, we never knew you kind of thing. Um, but digging into these guys numbers, like these are both swing and miss guys, ironically, which, which I think <laughs> is the interesting part. Like, obviously they're a little lower. Um, but like yeah, Frasso <laughs> being the higher of the two at, at, uh, now remember the double a teams flipped around. So of single course. a to Deedon is actually the lower level team now. So well, Fra- Frasso had 57 strikeouts in 36 innings. Like, you know, that's, that's swing and miss even, even at the lower levels. And, and I know at that level too, like pitching is significantly better than hitting, but still, I, I think it's just, it's interesting to me that they traded swing and miss for another Ross Stripling type of guy when they needed swing and miss, especially from the bullpen. But either way, I think it's a fine, it's a, it's a fine trade, but it, I don't think it, it really moves it needle on whether this team is is playoff bound or not and i um honestly out of this trade as much as i do like the idea of what mitch white has to offer i do think he's got some stuff that's going to develop into a really nice spot for the blue jays you know this is a guy that was he was a second round pick for the dodgers it says back in the day it was 2016 out of college ball so that's why he's 27 and almost 28 right now. So he's coming into his prime years of baseball, and maybe that's when the Blue Jays capitalize him is we'll have him under control. But I, we're so far past as Blue Jays fans that his years of control bullshit. <laughs> so um, it just, it's a good arm. It's a good piece, but it, that's the point. It's another piece. So great. Now you've got three bullpen guys that you're going to be, you know, putting in the bullpen to, you know, eat up some of these innings that we've been struggling with. And maybe this is the guy that becomes the fifth starter would be the other catch. Cause now you also in the midst of this trade at Max Castillo, who I was really just starting to love watching him play right? at the major league level. Yeah. I, I, he was one of those guys in the minors that I was, I've been watching and I didn't know when he was going to finally just click. He found that this year in double a steamroll in the triple a and then he's been doing nothing but perform at the major league level so i feel like you traded for the same guy that you had already <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. um so well if well we didn't it wasn't if, the same trade but yeah <laughs> god no no um if mitch white is kind of that longer man out of the bullpen do you feel well it this the same question is with simber before do you like Mitch White better, or do you like Trent Thornton? Right now, I'm leaning on White because at least he's the new guy in the thing. And um, honestly, right now, with how much fun they've been having in the bullpen, I think you got to find a way to have both of them. Because <laughs> one way or the other, I don't want Trent Thornton starting games, even if they do for some ungodly reason try him to stretch out. I no, mm-hmm. not gonna happen. I'd rather put my, White out there because he's got the higher velocity, at least to hopefully get outs. Maybe he figures out okay, that next then, piece, which is the strikeouts. Could be. Um, Wes, I'll go to you for this then. Um, if you're taking somebody out of our five-man rotation right now to slip in uh, Mitch White, who is it? I mean, unfortunately, it's Stripling, who's been an absolute stud all year. Like, I, you're I, I wrong. Don't, no, I, like, listen, man, I... <laughs> I Ross understand. Uh, hang on. Look, I was I... watching. The... No, 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 no. You shut up for a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was watching this because I was very interested in it. <laughs> With every out, Ross Stripling's ERA went down by 0. 0.01 uh, <laughs> each out. He was under three at one point Dude, on I... Sunday. I've seen five oh, yeah. Ross Stripling starts this season, and they've all been incredible. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Ross Stripling. I think he's a phenomenal pitcher. I think he, though, provides <laughs> much more value coming out of the bullpen in a shitty situation when whatever starter has bases loaded, has been hit around, and they need some quick outs. I think that the veteran leadership that Ross Stripling brings is far more valuable than you say Kikuchi coming out of the bullpen and throwing up bombs in the first inning as he does. 
Like that's why you can't you can't Kikuchi's not a bullpen arm. He's only there at this point. I think again, talk about Ross Atkins' ability to evaluate pitching talent. Um let's sign this guy to a three year pitcher. <sighs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> I, also, I, I like Ross Atkins too. Like, I don't want to make this whole thing coming on your show just me crapping on Ross Atkins. But um, a lot of people are. Atkins. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you can't. Like, like can you're you not on Twitter. And, do anything. Yeah. Yeah. You're not on Twitter, and it's just a dumpster fire of Atkins today. So it, 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 it's all right. You're stuck <laughs> with hilarious because he's the reason this team's even where we're at to build this thing together. But don't worry about that. That's easily forgotten. <laughs> yeah, but any one of the three of us bozos could assign George Springer for a bunch of money. Like, any one of the and three of us. Right? right? Like, <laughs> yeah. We don't need to get into the semantics of that. But I think Kikuchi's stuck where he is as the fifth guy. You, you get you milk it for whatever it is. If, if you get an inning or two out of him, great. If you get six innings of, like, eight strikeout balls somehow, fantastic. But I think that's, that's all the but it is because I don't want to see that guy coming out of the bullpen, especially with runners on, especially in sticky situations like stripling. I'm far more confident with that, unfortunately. Yeah. Did this management team seem we're shitting on their drafting ability for pitching? Did they draft Manoa? Or was that left over? Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, I believe yeah, they yeah. had to have, right? Yeah, yeah he was yeah. Yeah, they did. only a few years ago. Yeah. Okay. So but to that point, they found a way to evaluate positional talent you know they found santiago espinal for a freaking bag of balls just saying. a world series mvp for that year only yeah. <laughs> that's each team got what they wanted out of that steve pierce going to boston so but i honestly out of this mitch uh white trade that we were just talking about have you guys looked at this alex de jesus that we also got in the trade is like i'm gonna say the throw-in guy <laughs> like that's like the 20th he's like 20th uh, prospect in the Dodgers. Yeah, but he's only 20 years old, and he's batting 272 with 11 home runs and 48 runs driven in. So it's not a slouch for another middle infield guy that we have, you know, because that's what we hoard: middle infielders, mm-hmm. super athletic guys. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he he's only in. Oh, he's in the higher level of A, so you're not going to see him for a while. But I, I thought he touched double A, but I was wrong. But either way, he's got some good tools here that, like I said, wasn't a bad throw-in for what we gave up. Like I said, West said we gave up a couple of high-velocity guys, but you got a guy that could be the fifth guy in our rotation or the innings eater in our bullpen. And you got a guy for our future that isn't going to be a slouch, I don't think. This could mm-hmm. be another Santiago Espinal level guy you snuck into a trade, which wouldn't be a and horrible thing. And he's hitting for a lot more power than when we traded for Santiago Espinal. Just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> so let's move right on because I don't think uh, we we need to go too too much further into that one. Um, let's go into bump shit on right everything. At, right at six o'clock. Uh, Whit Merrifield to the Blue Jays for Samad Taylor and Max Castillo. Um, Whit Merrifield having by far his worst year uh, of his career. A um, little bit puzzling as well. Um, that's right. Um, everybody seemed to be on the idea that if the Blue Jays were going to acquire any kind of position player, it was going to be for a left-handed bat. Um Regardless, we have Whit Merrifield. He still has some tools, I guess, to help. Um, if he's allowed to cross the border, uh, that's the next uh, kind of pitch in all this. Um, but Whit Merrifield, this, this year, he, he's got 92 hits, 6 home runs, hitting 240, uh, 42 RBI, 15 stolen bases still. I guess, I guess that's kind of the part that intrigued me with with Whit Merrifield is he still can run a little bit. And what have we seen since John Schneider has taken over this team? It's that this team is not going to be afraid to run or use the hit and run uh, to try and muster up a little bit more on offense. Um, where are you on Whit Merrifield, Weston Grove? I I would love for you to ask me tomorrow because tonight I'm I'm pretty heated about it. I I think it's it was just such a strange addition um he, you know like sure sure he's a two-time all-star 
like in years past. Guess who was an all-star this year? Santiago Espinal, right? Like, mm. if you look at the, the position players who've outperformed their expectations this year, the list pretty much begins and ends with Santiago Espinal. Yeah. And maybe actually Kevin Biggio, who's got like a ridiculously decent on-base percentage all of a sudden. Like, I, it just, it was such a yeah, weird thing. Because it's like we get another one of those guys who's like just a little bit worse at what each of them do really well. But I guess he's he's just more of a medium guy all around. And there is versi- like defensive versatility. I think you're right, Chris. Like the guy can run. I mean, he's 33, so he's a hammy away from just like being out for three months. But, I, you know, he can play mm-hmm. a little bit of outfield. He's not going to like um, spell Springer in, in center field, though. Like that's the rumor I've been actually hearing. Really? Yeah, he's got 79 career starts at the Royals and center field. It, it like above average defensive center fielder. The way I see it, the guy's super athletic, so I'm just having a strange feeling that. I wonder how much of this trade was built out of the fact that Springer isn't 100, percent and they had to do something because they don't want to just truck Romil Tapia or Brandon Lee Zimmer out there every day. Mary, no. Maryfield's let off as well, has he not? Yes. Yeah. He was doing that for, I honestly, the better parts of his careers. And he's a good contact hitter. Like, again, this is why if you ask me about this trade tomorrow, I might feel a bit better than I do today. Because today it's just underwhelming. Like, the whole situation today was underwhelming. Um, and, and Whit Merrifield, of course, is a big name. Like, he's more of a household name than any of these other guys on this list. But, mm-hmm. like, he's still, like, not... You know, sure, sure, he can hit the ball. He's got good, good bat-to-ball skills, good contact skills. He's fast. He can leg out doubles. You know, he led the league in doubles. I think it was two as soon as like two years ago. Um, he led the league in hits a couple of times too. When I'm looking at here too, in 2018 yeah. and 2019, and that's that was only a few years ago. But mm-hmm. again, his 2021 career, last year was his doubles one that you were mentioning. A, a career OPS of of 750, right? Like it's this isn't a guy that's. Like sure he's got some some good tools and sure he's versatile, but he just is is kind of like another Santiago Espinal, another kind of Kevin Biggio that can play a lot of positions, probably like slightly above average defense, has a bit of speed, some extra tools, but uh, at the end of the day, it just it, also it's just this wasn't really a need for this team, um, and I know the Springer thing, as Craig, you just mentioned, was certainly something that just popped up. But at the end of the day, I just don't feel like this was really the impact thing that the Jays needed to like. Because, again, if if we look at what really this is about, too, like, sure, it's about on-field stuff, but it's also about clubhouse stuff. These guys just went on a on a big run, right? Like, they, mind you, they beat up on some bad teams, and they got a brand-new manager for it. But, like, again, there, there's some, like... Um, there's a lot of momentum happening here, and this just kind of feels like it sucked a bit of the momentum out of out of everything, um, especially because we don't even know if Whit Mirrorfield will play in Toronto. Like, I, I just mm-hmm. got the notification on my phone saying Ross Atkins is going to leave it up to him and his family to make that decision. Like, yeah. so there's not even, like, that doesn't sound confident. I think it says enough, but yeah. that doesn't say that we're yeah. getting anything out no, of it. No, <laughs> it doesn't sound confident that he'll even play. Like, mind you, like it, it happens at a perfect time because the Jays are on the road for the next two weeks. So if he does get vaxxed now, theoretically, he would be able to be back in Toronto, hopefully by the time that Baltimore series rolls around. But yeah. Maybe he misses a game or two instead yeah. of a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But the other Let's thing is, remember he's not the... cheap for the next two years either, guys. No, he he's <laughs> under like contract for, for next year. Yeah, he's under contract it... for next year and, and the mutual, year following. Uh, oh, and the year sorry, after with a mu- it's a yeah, it's a mutual option. Um, you so know what? I not going to get picked up for eighteen million dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly, there'll be some kind of buyout. Um, but. It, let's go this way then. We'll 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 kind of tie into what Wes uh, started off there. Uh, your overall feel: there were four four players coming over to the Blue Jays. Uh, Craig, uh, do you also need to wait until tomorrow to to really uh, to really gauge what's going on here, or are you good and pissed nope. off and want to ban the drum? No, sir, I don't like it. I'm going to go full on like Ren Stimpy with that comment on the horse. (laughs) But, oh, my God, I just 
if that's the best thing we got on this trade deadline, it just screams like this team, whatever that piece was they weren't willing to part with, had to have been on the major league roster, too critical to the clubhouse, something along those lines. Otherwise, this was just screaming a, to me, they couldn't put pull the trigger on whatever that last key item was, could not close the deal is where I'm currently mm-hmm. sitting. And I think that Whit Merrifield embodies that whole thing. This is the best we could do. And we don't really have a place to put him really mm-hmm. figuratively. Because to Wes's point, right now, if it came down to putting either him or Biggio in the lineup, Biggio's a lefty. Merrifield can have some legs. At least I'm getting something out of that equation where, uh, unfortunately, right now, if I'm going to pinch run in the latter part of the game. I'm sorry to say that Bradley Zimmer is one of the fastest fucking guys in baseball. I'm using mm-hmm. him. I'm not putting Whit Merrifield in. So unless you're getting him so Springer can DH and hopefully you get his elbow right while he's doing that kind of thing, there's got to be something there because I'm sorry to say, guys, at the end of the day, if they wanted to put Springer at DH, yes, Tapia's been doing very well this year, but does he continue to do that? Um, you're not going to move Teoscar back over center field. We've seen that story. Um, I'm, I've always thought that Loris Gurriel Jr. might take that step in the outfield because he seems to have the right coverage, but watching him track balls in left field would just be like, ah, in center field. <laughs> so they needed somebody that was familiar enough, and I don't think they found that guy that they were trying to find on the trade market, which, like I mentioned a little bit ago, I feel like the Philadelphia Phillies got every damn guy I wanted to get. We wanted a pitcher. They got Thor. They We could have used an extra good outfielder to be a DH slash center fielder. They got Brandon Marsh from the Angels, too. And then they threw in David Robertson, and they got him back. He gets to have his second tenure with the Philadelphia Phillies. Those three guys I felt like the Phillies didn't give up the farm for, and I felt the Blue Jays could have matched that all day. That's my personal gripe. <laughs> Wes, to accommodate Whit Merrifield, who comes off of this roster? Uh, Zach Another Collins. <laughs> okay. uh, is, wait, it wait, is, be, is it going to be Collins, though? Because his team clearly wants to run Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk in the same lineup. They have no choice. Are they able to, though? Yeah. They have no if choice. If you end up having a DH Springer, you can't. But this is the yeah. this is the 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 place they've put themselves in, right? Like this is the situation mm-hmm. they built for themselves, and it's unfortunate that Alejandro Kirk can't play anything other than catching, um, mm-hmm. because Danny Jansen's a fine catcher, and like you, you know, your backup catcher on your team is the easiest roster spot to fill. Yeah, it, like and and that's kind of a like the pickle that they're in. But I think at the end of the day, like my biggest takeaways from this whole thing is a. Rockin or ass or Ross Hacken, sorry. Um, <laughs> Rockins, yeah. Um, <laughs> not so Rockins. Ability to evaluate like pitching talent. Um, that's the biggest question. I think it's also pretty. It also exposes how weak the Jays' farm system is. And Craig, you could you could talk to this probably better than I could, but I was surprised that like you look at how, how the Yankees did and and actually what they gave up. Like they got. Frankie Montes, they got literally all the players that the Jays could have used. Harrison Bader, uh, Trevino, Benintendi, Scott Efres, like they literally got the trade deadline that the Jays needed to become like in the same like vein as the Yankees, right? But they did it. So now they're even that much yeah. better. Um, and so I was surprised actually that, you know, maybe it was just the Jays weren't willing to deal um, Gabby Moreno. Maybe it's they weren't willing to deal some of these higher end prospects, but I mean, we saw Groshans go for not that much, and he's a guy that's a bit higher in their system. And it, 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 the other, and then the last thing for me is just Atkins keeps telling us, like, you know, next year's the window. Next year's the window. Like we're building. We've got a we've, we've got a good foundation. We've got this, that, and the other. It's like Springer's getting old, man. Like that guy's not going to be good in in two to three years. Uh, Vladdy and Bo are are just. One more year away from from free agency, from arbitration, all these things that are and and those guys, I, they haven't you signed at this point. Always be next year, otherwise you're a yeah. Buffalo Bills fan like me. Oh my, <laughs> I'm a Buffalo Bills fan as well, man, and and I've just lived through this at other sports. 
And it just is always about, hey, we have the foundation, but it's like, sure, so let's support that, that foundation with some knockout punches, right? Like, this is baseball. Like, sure, it's a game of individual achievement, but we need the all-stars on the team to do it. And and the guys that have outperformed what they are, like I said, Espinal, Kevin Biggio, um, I think Jordan Romano has been incredible. Like, he, he's faltered, don't get me wrong, but overall, given how I think young he is in this league, to have, you know, one of the most save records in baseball right now is pretty incredible. That guy's coming into rule five, two years. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing but high pressure situations, right? Like there's something to say for that. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, and I, at the back of my mind, I just really don't think this team's going to sign Vladdy or Bo long-term. I don't know if they can, I don't know what, whatever's holding it up at this point. Like, so it's just the whole situation to me is like, let's win now. If it's this year or next year, let's do it. You know, that's why the, that year and a half of Juan Soto was so enticing as a Jays fan. Obviously, it was never happening. Like, those things don't happen to us. <laughs> yeah, this but is... if you look at the package, if you will. Right. It, it, I didn't see anything that was there that the Blue Jays couldn't have done with their prospects. Because it was. Oh, uh, there, there, there was. That was a massive haul. Oh, that I'm not saying massive, it wasn't. I'm just saying I'm sure we could have found the equivalent of those guys. It would have hurt. <laughs> but you would have had to have given up a Kirk or a Bow in that deal. That's fine. That you get Josh Bell for that. Juan Soto. You could have lived without one of them. And honestly, I was wondering how much the Wilson Contreras situation with the Cubs actually was the same problem that the Blue Jays had with most of their stuff. You know, he, there was not a baseball writer in the business that thought Wilson Contreras was going to stay a cub mm-hmm. and guess where he is today. Mm-hmm. Suiting up. He said his fucking goodbyes and everything. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have to stay with the Cubs too. Like he didn't go either. Yep. No, he didn't go anywhere either, but weird. I think it was Heyman himself during the, while I was watching MLB network this afternoon after I got home from work that he said that Contreras was his easy, his sure pick for going to be traded. Like if he had to bet like a bajillion dollars on a guy that would get traded, it was going to be Wilson Contreras. Well, I everybody how everybody much... thought he was going to Houston. Yeah. Mm. But to that and point, then they went and it, would get Vasquez and they got nothing. And outside of that, nobody was like shopping for catchers. And that's what the blue Jays abundance is. Mm-hmm. Young prospects in, you know, talent in the catching position between Kirk Jansen and um, Gabriel Moreno. You know, none of them. I wonder how much of it was the fact that they couldn't get rid of those guys as a main piece. Didn't translate to them getting to somebody at mm-hmm. the end of the day because the market wasn't there for catchers. Like the brains and MLB, you know, analysis thought. Greg, is I thought that was team- telling. Craig, is this team better today than they were yesterday? I will give you yes, but it's not for the right reasons. And it's not completely around the idea that this team got trade deadline better. We have been better at managing, (laughs) better at aggressiveness, and then we got a few depth pieces. Wes, you're you're Ross Atkins, and you have to walk into the Blue Jays clubhouse. How do you... How do you sell this to your players? I get John Schneider to do an opening set for me. Are you kidding me? Like, there's no other way around it. Like, thank God he has John Schneider there because that that guy, A, is, like, super funny, really personable, knows these kids. They all respect mm-hmm. him. They all like him. Um, I, I don't know how else you do it besides just getting Schneider to hit home runs for you. Like, th- I, I, this reminds me of... Not not quite the same way because in in 2015 2014 when they didn't when Anthopolis didn't kind of do those things at the trade deadline 2014 Joey Bats and and all of those other guys kind of came out and gave him some gripe like the Jays don't have those types of aggressive like very like angry sort of veteran. vocal veteran players right now like Chapman's not going to do that you know I like, think Bo would. Springer's not Bo might but be the only veteran, one. but <laughs> Bo, Bo would do it because Bo basically came out after Montoya was fired and was like fucking good. But again, <laughs> about time. But but Bo like loves Schneider like those like that's yeah. pretty like that's such a father son relationship if anything right like it's so and, cute. and so it, it's <laughs> it, 
which is the only reason why I didn't want to see Bo leave in like a Soto deal or anything, mm-hmm. just because I love that relationship. But regardless, I, I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how Atkins really like, the thing I said to Craig before we started recording here was like this, this whole Jays team right now is like a Jenga tower, right? And the tower is only going to be as stable as Bo and Vladdy and Springer make it right as, as Gosman and Manoa make it right. But you have Springer hurt, right? Uh, Manoa takes a a hard line drive off his throwing elbow. Um, Gosman takes a weird line drive off his ankle. Like they're one thing away from this whole tower falling over and it does not take much. And did they get the depth? Not really. You know, why do you gotta be that? That one jackass kid that's sitting there tapping on the fucking blocks <laughs> in the Jenga Tower. That's it. That's all. That's this all that this team is right now. <laughs> and, and but you look at the Yankees. The Yankees fortified their their foundation. You know, like in in such a solid way that they're five starters deep, six starters deep. Their bullpen got so much stronger, even though they lost King. They traded away Jordan Montgomery because they didn't need him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jordan Montgomery's been a stud this year. Not to mention, they were in on Pablo Lopez apparently until, with the Blue Jays until the Blue, until the Marlins have said, "Yeah, no, we're gonna keep him." Yeah. <laughs> so they were looking. To, I honestly wonder how much the Yankees were hoping to flip Jordan Montgomery and then get Pablo Lopez back there in the last minute, and how threatening that would have been because that was what they were talking on the MLB Network with like five freaking minutes left. What did they do? They got. Why are they going after Lopez? They already have five solid pitchers. You imagine if they got that guy and then kept Montgomery somehow? <laughs> Freaking yeah. nuts. I, I, and, and Craig, I appreciate you sharing your space and letting me on your show. And, and I hope that everybody in, in um, the land here just doesn't think I'm, I'm just coming on here to shit on this team because <laughs> I love the Blue Jays, right? Like, obviously, I invest a lot of my time, energy, and money <laughs> into this team. I go to a lot of games. I live downtown Toronto. I get the ability to see them a lot. And see them play a lot. And I think this is one of the funnest teams in all of professional sports to follow. I think Vladdy is is probably arguably one of the most fun professional athletes to follow. The guy's in a great mood all the time. He's incredible at what he does. He brings everybody up around him, both like mentally, emotionally, like uh, athletically. I think Bo Bichette's this like incredibly hard worker that that has one of the deadliest swings I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know how mm-hmm. sustainable that is long term, but either way, <laughs> the kid's in his early 20s and he can just like swing. And like, I've never seen anybody swing with their whole body so much harder. Um, I think <laughs> George Springer at this particular point in his life is the perfect person to, to sort of mentor these young guys, right? I think Espinal is a really fun defensive player to see. Like, Manoa has just this incredible attitude and this incredible like char- uh, charisma about him, you know. Um, all of these things like um, just create this incredible confluence of this really, really fun, fun team to follow. And it's just too mm-hmm. bad that that management didn't really just put it over the top today. And I think for yeah. me, that's like, again, you, you, you talk to me about the Blue Jays any day of the week. I'll have nothing but good things to say. Today's the one day that I probably could find <laughs> some bad things to say. Yeah. And, and You guys found them. Um, but that's the only reason why I think this is a really fun team. It's just mm. too bad that because I don't think it's going to last for like forever. I think this team is going to be this team for maybe this year, next year. We're lucky the year after Teo's leaving. You know, all of these pieces start yeah. to to fall after next year, and and Lourdes' mm. time is up, and and it just a lot of the characters that make this team fun start to leave, and then it becomes a business, and yeah. we lose that personality. Yeah, this thing was a fire, and it was just a little bit of kerosene away from being a monster fireball. <laughs> yeah, I think with that, we'll we can go into picks to click. Um, that's a good place to to kind of wrap up uh, that part of the discussion. Um, we can go into that and then finish it off. Uh, yeah. So, what do we got, Craig? So, last week um, I had Lourdes, you had Kirk. Adam had George Springer, and then we had Brendan had Teoscar Hernandez. And honestly, out of the four of those, I don't know who I pick. I would say probably either Lourdes or Teoscar. I would think that I am in that ballpark, too, there. Teoscar had that, yeah, Teoscar had that three-run home run to to win it on Sunday. Win it. Well. So then you would win, but uh, Brendan would win the tiebreaker on that because we were four and one, correct? 
Yes. So I was going to be nice and let West, you know, be that guy, <laughs> tie break it, but <laughs> go from yeah. there. So on that note, then Brendan adds one to his fucking win column again and takes the lead. <laughs> we'll stop that. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully get that off. But so to that point, do we want to let West pick a Adam and yeah, picks for yeah, might as well. yeah, we'll, we'll let West pick. <laughs> Pick uh, pick somebody for Adam and pick somebody for Brendan. So, what this game is, we play every week. Wes is we just pick who's going to be the best player in Blue Jays baseball for the next you know games until we record again next Tuesday. Um, I haven't looked at the schedule to see what we have obviously outside the Tampa games here. Yeah, Tampa, and then is, is Vladdy immune to this game? Like, not anymore. No, <laughs> he he used to be. Yeah, we used that, to call him the cheat code, and then he, you know, became reality this year. <laughs> I mean, guy, we, guy has an OPS approaching 900 all of a sudden again. Like he's mm-hmm. he's yeah. getting close. I didn't say he was bad, <laughs> but you can't pick him for Brendan because that'd be mean after he just won a week. <laughs> all right, uh, I'm gonna. So we got Tampa, Minnesota over the weekend, and then a game in Baltimore. So it's seven games. Then we got all all straight. Yeah. Yep. There you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the well. Um I'm gonna take uh Teoscar Hernandez. He's he's one of my favorite Blue Jays right now for a lot of reasons. I, I think he's a lot of fun to watch. The guy's uh got really cool energy and the guy can just mash the ball. Um gotcha. So I'll put him in for Brendan and because it's a West pick, not a Brendan pick. He I'll let him pick right. two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and then um Chris, I'll let you go next then. And I'll I'll let him pick the other pick here. I'll ride the hot streak and I'll go with Matt Chapman. The Chapman. (laughs) All right. So now you're picking for Mr. Corsair, Wes. Um, I'm going to go with Lourdes. Uh, Lourdes, uh, just an absolute blast to watch again. Super athletic guy. On base, baby. You know what? Fuck it. I'm changing mine. Oh, there it is. Whitmerry what are you doing? Whitmerryfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he's gonna hope that he gets to play tomorrow. As I hear the rumor is he's traveling already. <laughs> so, and they're away, um, so you know he can play. Yeah, there it is. Um, you know what? I haven't seen anybody pick him, and I think he's gonna freaking put Merrifield back in his place. I'm gonna go with Santiago Espinal. <laughs> Fantastic, could be. could be cool. Dare you come into my house? My job. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. And um, I'm not going to worry about tiebreakers this week because we got West picks. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, good deals. Cool. All right. I think that's where we can wrap off to or wrap up for things tonight. Uh, we appreciate uh, each and every one of you for listening. We especially appreciate Wes uh, for coming on. Um, Wes, really quick, I know you have a you have a podcast separate from anything to do with baseball, but if you want to give yourself a a shameless plug, uh, yes, go the ahead. Shameless self promotion plug yeah. at the end of every guest spot. <laughs> no, I I appreciate it, especially for all of those that heard me say uh, "ass Rotkins" today. Um, <laughs> but I'm a, I, in real life. I'm a music therapist. I'm a social worker. Uh, I run a podcast all about uh, music, uh, how it interacts with your brain neurologically. I interview a lot of um, cool musicians as well, professional touring musicians, um, a lot of folks that that do great work in the community as well within the context of music. So check it out. It's called Music with Map. Uh, you can search it on any of the the podcast streaming platforms. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Appreciate you uh, giving me the space for that. Yeah, we had to have the Jam reunion tonight. Yeah, That's we did. Uh, yeah. Well, and as a little tidbit, maybe uh, maybe watch for that sooner than later as well. Ooh, so uh, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Uh, and again, we'll we'll thank Stadium Scene and uh, Jay's Journal uh, for everything that they do for us as well. Uh, we'll end this as we always do with the two claps and a Ric Flair. One, two, three. Woo, woo. Let's go, Blue Jays. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow,
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.